to the Tea with Miss McGill show fueled by Blue Line Brews from the brand new Blue Line Brews studio as you can see right behind us. I am Puka, this is Reed Larson. A uh, little bit of a quick word on Blue Line Brews. Let me move it in front of the camera here. Like I said, on the Iron Range, be looking in a store near you. They are they're getting some distribution now. Uh, so be watching, you know, looking for this label. If you're an online shopper, bluelinebrews.com. Of course, we will have all that information down in the show notes. Save 15 is the promo code going on right now. Save 15, you'll save 15%. So when you go through checkout, there'll be a promo code spot. Just type in save 15, get you 15% savings. Still plenty of time to get the Blue Line Brews for Christmas. So bluelinebrews.com, or like I said, uh, check out the selection at a store near you. Really quick before we get going, I forgot this last week. Uh, Tommy, Eric, uh, you know, nice catching up with you last week, uh, you know, in Grand Rapids. I saw some old friends I played junior hockey with after the Forest Lake Grand Rapids game. So, and I know they watch the show. So I just want to give a quick shout out. Haven't seen these guys in 20 some years. So really good seeing you. And with that, we'll bring in Reed Larson, star of the show. Uh, you're coming off a big weekend of hockey and, uh, and, and, and you're about to embark on another big weekend of hockey. Uh, yeah, two, two in a row. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we took a, a trip up north close to the Canadian border. We're by Lake of the Woods there. Uh, we had uh, uh, Grand Rapids in uh, Roseau Friday night, uh, Grand Rapids in Warroad on Saturday night, and a couple of tough losses after a 5-0 and start. You know what? Uh, a guy could sit and make a million and a half excuses, but that's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help anybody get better. Uh, the only thing that in hindsight we look at moving forward is, is there are things that we can do as a staff to make sure we're more prepared going into a game where we're playing a top five team. Yeah. You know, like I said, we're not, we won't make any excuses about where we're at. Uh, but up to that point, the five and all start that we had, we did not play a team of the caliber of Rozo. It'd be nice to sprinkle in, you know, uh, another top 10, top five, so that we're kind of building to get to that point. Um, but, but we weren't ready and they were, and we went into their barn. We actually took us a period to get moving. Second period, we kind of took over a little bit. We, we battled and, and got ourselves to a lead. We ended up at one point in time, we were up three to one uh, late in the game. Of course, they turned it on a little bit. It turned into a physical match between two top 10 ranked teams. Uh, Rozo playing tougher in the third period. Uh, Grand Rapids were countering in the third period with tough, gritty play at the, uh, the old Rosal Memorial building, tough place to play. Um, and we took some ill-advised penalties late in the game and that cost us. They, uh, we took a five minute major with ah. six and a half minutes left in the game. They go up on the power play uh, into that, maybe a minute or so into that power play or a minute and a half into that power play. Uh, we take another penalty. Now it's five on three uh, and they've got what? three, four minutes left in the game and they pull their goalie. Now it's six, six on three, three. <laughs> and they, they score. Uh, that was the point where they tied the game up. Actually, they had scored another goal a little bit earlier than that to make it go three to two. Uh, and we're pressing, running around. We're still playing some decent hockey. They're playing some decent hockey. Just a weird, goofy mistake. 
Uh, but they did tie it up on the power play six on three. Yeah, I don't see that very often. <laughs> no, you don't. That's, that's that's actually a really gutsy coaching move right there. It's not everybody would do that. Not everybody would would pull it and say, oh, yeah, let's leave the open net because somebody can actually ice the puck and hit the open net. Right. If you miss, it's not icing because you're on the penalty kill. But uh, they got nothing to lose at that point in time. They're they're down. They need to tie the game and, uh, you know, gutsy move. And I, I got respect for that that move by by Greg Lund to be able to to pull that goalie and, and get six on three. And they actually had a, a pretty decent power play in that scenario. They ended up burying one. It's, you know, three, three, we go into overtime and, and uh, a defensive breakdown coming into our zone opens up and leaves Max Strand wide open and oh, he buries it. From the over yep. Yeah. You can't leave him open and any stretch by any stretch of the imagination. We just had a breakdown and they ended up, no so a fast it was on the rush scored on the rush. It, it was, there was a rush coming into the zone. It was, it wasn't an odd man rush. It was even up, but we just, we had guys that, that, that didn't pick guys up coming into the zone. It left somebody open. Uh, you know, lessons were learned from that. When you play top 10, top 10 teams, you can't get away with any kind of breakdown coming into your zone of any sort. And, you know, no credit taken away from, Rozo, but uh, we got away with doing that early in the season at certain points playing you know, some of the teams that we had that we had on our schedule. And uh, at any rate, it, there should be no excuses. We, we should play the right way all the time. And that's just the way it is. They, they got the win. Yeah. Uh, we come in a Saturday night, um, actually Saturday afternoon, we're playing World, who's a, you know, a top five ranked single A team in the state right now. And they've, uh, they've got some studs on their team. And we came in after a tough loss. I mean, we had our first loss handed to us. We're five and one coming in there. And uh, I think after a road trip and a overnight trip in a, uh, at the resort and who knows if, if, you know, guys slept good or not, <laughs> you just never know. Uh, and we go into the next game and we have a really slow start. Actually, World jumps out to a three nothing lead on yeah. us. You know, and we, we come back, you know, the rest of the game, we're battling back, battling back. We tie the game up score three unanswered goals. We go into overtime. And again, you know, just uh, another shot where at this time it not, not, wasn't necessarily a defensive breakdown. It was a shot. It was a miscue and a tip and it oh, okay. kind of snuck behind goaltender miles Gunderson mm -hmm. and ended up in the back of the net. So two heartbreakers on the weekend. Uh, but to be honest with you, as a Rapids fan and a Rapids uh, coach on the staff, uh, it, it's humbling weekend, something maybe that you don't see it. Maybe you need it. Maybe you did. Maybe at the time, maybe we did need that going into the weekend that we have coming up. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to touch on that a little bit uh, here at the end of the podcast or, or on the show. So I want to back up just a little bit. Uh, Rozo, so coaching change, obviously, this year. Uh, been a while since they've been in the state tournament. I remember talking to a couple of buddies a couple of years ago. And although they liked Lumball, I'm like, hey, but he ain't getting us to state. He ain't getting us to state. So the question is, five and one start. Now they had a 4-3 uh, loss to Andover. But is Rozo hockey back? Oh, Rosa hockey's good. They're good this year. They they've got they've got the crew to be able to walk through Section Eight AA and be able to make some noise. They did have a, you know a close call with with Moorhead earlier in the week Tuesday night. They had a matchup with Moorhead. They ended up beating Moorhead six to five. Uh, but Moorhead has been up and down. There honestly, Moorhead's a year away from you know okay. I think making that next state tournament trip. I could be wrong, but I think they're a year away, to be honest with you. I think uh, next year is really when Moorhead's going to be good. And uh, so is Rosso still going to be good. They, they graduate a, a pretty decent class, you know, guys going out of there like uh, Thor Bufflin and Max Strand and uh, Karen Murphy. Murphy and some of these other guys that are, are good. 
that are carrying that team right now. They've got a nice squad right now. And to be honest with you, I've seen them play quite a bit over the course of the last four years. Four years ago, when I was coaching this group of seniors in Grand Rapids, I was coaching them as Bantams. We played this Rozo crew at the region tournament and they beat us in the championship game going to the state tournament. And they were good then and they're good now. The coaching change, it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, up in that situation, there's, you know, there's a Lund everywhere you turn around. There's a Lumbum everywhere you turn around and now add a Murphy to the mix. You know, you yeah. got, you got Greg, Greg Lund on there. You got Billy Lund who jumped back onto okay. the staff. Greg's, Greg. Greg's the older, older brother. With and Greg, uh, and then you got, yeah. then you got Tom Murphy who jumps on there, who of course is the uncle of both Garrett Drotz and Bauer Murphy oh, on our team. So it's right. kind of interesting, you know, you right. got all That's these good. cousins playing against each other on a Friday night. Yeah. What 80, Murph's an 88 Rapids grad. I, I, could, I, I couldn't even answer okay. that question. I know he's late 80s, but I couldn't answer that question exactly. I just know he's a graduate of Grand Rapids, and he played here, and he was a, he was a heck of a hockey player. Oh, okay. All right, let's turn over to Warold. Uh, Jason Chogby is a name probably everyone on the podcast or, or on the show has already heard. Uh, thoughts on him? You know, I got to see him once last year uh, here in Rapids. Uh, he's a sophomore, junior now. Am I correct? Yep. Uh, I'm sure he's yeah, got a I lot think worse. He's a junior. I think he's a junior. Sure yeah. He's got a lot worse. Let's be honest. <laughs> the, the kid is legit. Uh, he, he's a guy clearly right now. Who's yeah, obviously he's committed. Uh, oh, he is. Okay. I think he's committed? he's committed to don't call me now. Gosh, no, I'm thinking, is he committed? There is any committed. I'm, I've got a backup. I don't a hundred percent. know. I thought I saw that there was a commitment there when I was looking at his, at the flow chart when we were calling the game, I called the game on the radio with Gilsey Y. Now I can't remember exactly. I, I saw that there was a commitment there, but and now I can't remember okay. who it is. Well, um, that but at any rate, he he should be. He's he's the kind of guy that will control the game by slowing it down. He's so patient. He thinks the game. He sees the game. When there's a team that they're playing against, where there's speed he does the best he can to take the speed away. He's got so much patience with the puck. He sees the ice, he opens it up. And of course in world, you got a bigger sheet of ice. So he does a really good job of doing it. It did, it did hurt him to have uh, Damian Gardner on his line either, who now had made his way back. It was, was in world as a young boy playing peewee hockey and whatever it might be. Family took off. He ended up going to the USHL. He played in the USHL last year, came home back to world. He's back in. This is another division one player. So that doesn't hurt either. Uh, a couple other players on that team, obviously, uh, goaltender Slikinski was unbelievable in that game. Uh, he made the saves that he should have made, and he made a whole bunch of saves that he shouldn't have made. Okay. So uh, when you do that, that obviously you're giving yourself a really good chance to win a hockey game. Dane Chagavi is, or, or excuse me, I'm thinking of another Chagavi. That's his, that's a cousin. Oh, okay. uh, this Chagavi is yeah. Jason Chagavi is the real deal. Yeah. Okay. That's what I kind of figured. We touched a little bit on the goalie. I know that you, uh, you guys were kind of singing the praises there on the radio. So yeah, off to a five and zero start here, uh, Warroad. So looking really good again. All right. Quick word. Yeah. So Minnesota hockey camp. Yeah. So I'm going to switch hats here right now, just for a little bit. I do that from time to time to make sure that I, I get our advertisements in there. And this is Minnesota hockey camps. Minnesota hockey camps is located in breezy point, Minnesota. This is the home of the new home of former Minnesota hockey camps. It used to be a Nisawa, the Minnewawa Lodge. Now, new ownership, Chris Stewart, Craig Larson, Tony Massieri bought this from uh, the Gorillo family, moved it into Breezy Point. This is a summer training and hockey camp and well-known as the hockey camp where the pros go. Right. And names like TJ Oshie, names like Scott Hartnell, 
Chris Stewart. These are the guys that train there in the summertime. If you're looking for a great place in the summer to better your game of hockey, there's no better place to go in the, in the state of Minnesota than the Minnesota hockey camps. You go there, you train with guys like my brother, Craig, who's running the camp. Uh, you train with other coaches uh, like Mike, Mike Muller, who's the head coach of the Minnesota Fighting Loons, or the Minnesota Loons, Fighting Loons, Minnesota Loons, uh, NA3HL. Um, these guys are at this camp all throughout the entire time uh, that the camp is running. It's 10 weeks that they run it with them through the summer. Last week was eight weeks, or last year was eight weeks. Now uh, they're adding a couple more weeks to the camp. Okay. And great food. Yeah. Masieri's <laughs> restaurant. Uh, they make sure that they bring food in there, cater into the dorms, and uh, they've got that connection with uh, co-owner Tony Masieri. Yeah. So Minnesota Hockey Camps, look it up, Minnesota Hockey Camps, mnhockeycamps.com in conjunction with the Minnesota Loons. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right. A couple more games we covered. So I, I checked out on Thursday night last week, Greenway Moose Lake. I don't know if I've ever seen Moose Lake play in a hockey game. Uh, it was kind of interesting. I knew they were red, white, and blue because, you know, actually their girls program is, is pretty, you know, pretty decent. I know they've given uh, uh, some of the single A teams here a run. Uh, so Greenway ends up pulling that one off uh, 7-0. But I think the, the first period of play was, was pretty back and forth. Uh, and, and just one guy I just kind of wanted to mention was uh, Thomas Vekic. He's a sophomore. Uh, I've got a son who's a sophomore, no longer plays hockey, but I remember, you know, and of course we remember the Vekic name, was, you know, the, uh, Mike was, was uh, a year older than me, but uh, as a sophomore, I think I watched him play Rock Ridge and I watched him play this game really kind of coming. I think he's feeling comfortable. He's, he's coming into his own, some four and four times, some power play time. So there's a guy that, that stuck out to me just a little bit. So Greenway now three and zero start. Yeah. I'm not surprised. You know, it, you get into, uh, some great coaching. You got some talent coming from, you know, the younger ages, like you said, Greenway had a decent Bantam A team last year. Guys like Thomas Vekic uh, comes in there. That's the younger brother of Claire Vekic yeah. who plays at Bemidji state used to play for the GRG lightning here. Grand Rapids Greenway. He he's, he's a good hockey player. It's fun to watch. Uh, like you said, he's only a sophomore. He's coming into his own already early, but a well-coached hockey team and the expectations in Greenway are what they are. I mean, they, they want to be ready to rock and roll every single year, giving themselves a chance to play in the section championship. If they keep doing what they're doing, they might find themselves there. Uh, we've got some, a chance to watch some of the other section seven, eight teams play over the course of the last couple of weeks, which I'm sure we'll touch base on here uh, later on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, Hermantown next tomorrow night for Greenway. So obviously going to be, you know, it's in Greenway tough, uh, but uh, you know, you never know, get a couple puck bounces and, and maybe something happens, Sam Plant. Out of the lineup. Yeah, you know, when you got probably the best forward player in the state of Minnesota in Zam Plant and he's out with another injury, uh, you know, that's unfortunate. You, you, you watch high school hockey and you hope to see when you turn the TV on to watch, you know, my nine games or you flip on uh, some of the streaming through uh, iFan and all these where you get a chance to watch some of these. You hope to see the best players and right now one of the best players isn't playing is injured again. And unfortunately for Sam, he's had kind of a run of some injuries in his career. Yeah. Uh, you think back to his first year Bantams, he had an injury in first year Bantams. Oh, really? That was, uh, he was out when my Bantam double A team in Grand Rapids playing, he was out and we beat him. Okay. Um, last year he hurts his shoulder. He's out, takes a hit against uh, Duluth East. He's out uh, this year. He hurt, I think it was his wrist now. So, I mean, this, he's had a run of some injuries and, uh, it's unfortunate. You want to see the best players playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Green. Talk about Greenway. This is my ODR shirt. One of our partners here, Outdoor Rink Hockey is what ODR starts, or excuse me, stands for 16-year-old entrepreneur 
Out of Virginia actually played for the Rock Ridge High School team. You can find the ODR line exclusively at Iron Range Apparel in the Thunderbird Mall in Virginia. That's my other hat that Hats I had on there. a little bit earlier. Yeah, I'll put that one back on for a little bit. hats, they got all kinds of you know, Iron Range Apparel. Stocking caps, they got all the stuff. So the outdoor rink line said the young kids, if you want to support him, like I said, again, Christmas is coming, still plenty of time. Uh, outdoor rink hockey at Iron Ranger Apparel in the Thunderbird Mall. All right, game you covered. Last night, we'll get back to some more Iron Range hockey here. Rockridge with, against Denfield, first ever game at the Iron Trail Motors Entertainment and Convention Center. Like I said, you got to be there front and center. What'd you think? How was the crowd? All that good jazz. Well, a decent crowd, uh, a phenomenal building, uh, unbelievable for that community. I should say those few communities. Now it's even Bob and I struggled a little bit during the game. We're calling that Bob had been calling blue devil hockey games for 40 <laughs> years. So he had a slip up in the middle of the game said, Virginia, here we are in Virginia and the blue devil. And he had to stop himself because he almost said blue devils. And he corrected himself said, you, sorry, folks, you have to understand. It, it's not oh, that I'm, I'm hoping or wishing that it would have stayed the same. In fact, it should have happened a long time ago, but this is 40 years of calling blue devil hockey and it's going to take me a minute. And there's a couple times where I'm ready to start talking. And of course I was a former blue devil head coach. So a couple of times I start to talk and I'm ready to say something and catch myself before I even say it, <laughs> pause and rock Ridge Wolverines. It, it, I'll tell you what, that rink is probably one of the best rinks in the Northern part of the state of Minnesota right now. I, I honest to God think it is. Uh, th there's only one complaint that I have as a broadcaster. Uh, when you are filming a game and up in the press box, uh, I don't know who designed where the press box goes, but the press box is supposed to be on the opposite side of the players' benches. Uh, yeah. So when we're looking out of the ice, we should see the ice and we should see players jumping over the box and be able to zoom in on coaches. And we were not able to do that because the benches are on the same side as the press box. So I don't know whose brainchild idea that was, but that's one complaint that I have. Otherwise, I really have no other complaints. That place is phenomenal to play. It was a decent crowd. I'd say there's about a thousand people there last night. That's a pretty good crowd in Virginia oh, sure. to have a hockey These game. Days, yeah. and, and there were open seats. So you can tell the building probably holds, you know, 2,000. That's about what I thought when I said, and all kind of that lower bowl look, which will really yeah. get a lot of atmosphere if they can fill that up. Well, people are right on top of you when yeah. you fill it up, right? So, I, you know, you get some of these big rivalry games when Hibbing comes there. Uh, there might be a few more people there. Maybe they can reel in some new rivalries. Of course, the old rivalry of, of Virginia playing Empleth, that was always right. the one that brought the most people in the building. Now, you would think that everybody would go just like that because now Virginia and Empleth are on the ice all the time. Right. <laughs> so at any rate, Bob and I talked about it last night on uh, in our um, uh, during the game. We said, you know, it is a great building, but we both sure hope that they continue at some way, shape or form to still use and play some games at the Hippodrome. You don't have to play half and half, but you know, get a couple of two, three games during the season, take them over to the Hippodrome. There still has to be, that still has to be used. It's one of the most historic rinks in the state of Minnesota. And it is now this year's the hundred year anniversary of it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I plan on uh, getting on the ice there in a couple of days at the old hip. So, uh, all right, let's go back to the game then. So it's Rockridge, Denfeld, you know, Rockridge showed some life three to two heading into the third. And then the, you know, the, the floodgates kind of opened for Denfeld there, but, uh, you know, but even, I don't know, I'd say six, seven minutes into the third Rockridge was still putting some rubber on the Denfeld goalie, but it just 
they just couldn't get one by him when they needed it to really keep, keep, you know, within a couple of goals. Yeah. You know what, early in the game, uh, I actually thought Rock Ridge played a really good structure early on in the game. They, they were disciplined in the systems that coach Ben Johnson wanted them to do. They did a nice job of, of gaining zones, getting pucks out, getting pucks behind their defensemen, getting shots to the net. And actually they scored the first goal in that building with a shot from out and a tip from behind the goalie in the back of the net. So they were doing good things in the first period. They actually went into the first intermission with a one nothing lead. Right. So it was, they, they were doing the right things. However, you know, in watching enough high school hockey and watching enough of uh, the Denfeld Hunters, I know that the Hunters came in a little lackadaisical. They really did. Uh, they had opportunities in the first period. They had more quality scoring chances than Rock Ridge did coming in in the first period. They actually had two or three passes across the crease that just didn't connect and could have been an easy tap in goal for somebody, but they just couldn't bury it. They, couldn't, they were just misconnecting, but Coach Jago was not happy with their first period. He said, if you guys expect to do anything this year, you can't show up like that. So they come out in the second period and they start to get their legs going. It's They pop one in right away. Bad angle shot when they score it off of. Uh, you know, they, I think uh, there's a couple of things there that I think goaltender Ian Kangas was hoping that he could maybe have a second crack at. Yeah. I know, talking with, with goalie coach Casey Myrie there for Rock Ridge after the game, he said, yeah, Ian and I will be watching film tomorrow, especially in the first goal that they scored. They scored it from literally a bad angle. They shot from the right dot below the right dot, like at the bottom of the circle, hit his leg pad and went off the pipe and in. So, you know, in the wrong position, um, that kind of puts you in a, a weird spot there in that situation because he was doing pretty good at the beginning of the game. Then that happened. Then the wheels fell off just for a little bit, but he settled back in. Ian Kangas was playing some decent hockey for, you know, probably about another period. And then, yeah. you know, the wheels fell off kind of close to the end, but, yeah. you know, get into about the second half of the second period, you could see Denfeld get into their groove and start to take the game over guys like Connor uh, McClure start taking the game. Well, Cooper McClure starts taking the game over Andy Larson, yeah. uh, Simon Davidson, these guys start taking the game over. And of course I can't forget to, to mention uh, Caden Postal who had a hat trick in that game. He was, he had a phenomenal game. I mean, he actually took a really, not a bad hit, but an awkward hit. And you could tell his shoulder, like he might've sprained his shoulder a little bit. That was in the end of the first period. Okay. He came back after that and scored a hat trick. So it's like, <laughs> come back, I'm ready. Yeah. But yeah, and, and that felt is solid. There's no question. Yeah, they're good. And, and I said at the beginning of that game that I think, and I hope somebody proves me wrong because I always like when, when teams, you know, make you eat a little bit of crow and, you know, this is what you said earlier in the year. And this is what actually, yeah, prove me wrong. But I think it's going to be Denfeld and Hermitown in the section final. That's just my thought. Yeah, I'd say those are leading candidates right now. All right. Been teasing this one. The Rink Sports Bar, another partner of, our, partner of ours. The gift card special is finally here. So here's the deal. Buy $50 in gift cards at the rink. Get $10 in free gift cards. $100 purchase gets you 25 bucks free. A $200 purchase gets you 50 bucks free. So let's run that through again. $50 purchase, 10 bucks free, $100 purchase, 25 free, $200 purchase, $50 free. So you can't pass it up. Again, gifting season, fantastic gift. Uh, the Ring Sports Bar in Eveleth, just off Highway 53, just down from the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. 
Uh, you can order online, the ring sports bar and grill.com or give them a call 248-8582. And like Puka said last time, it's only a pitching wedge shot for him. From the <laughs> Hockey Hall of Fame to the ring. Yeah, it is. It is right there. Yeah. For Reed, it's a putter. He just yeah. put it right there. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Right there. no, my putter will still <laughs> go only two feet. <laughs> All right. So we kind of saw something for the record books in NH. We're going to talk about the NHL too much, but we can't pass this one up. A very special goal. Uh, Sonny Milano. I'm going to have Reed describe the goal here in a minute there, but Sonny Milano scores a very unique goal uh, from Trevor Zegers, I believe. Um, as for those of you who know the Michigan, he pulls a Michigan and actually passes to his buddy. These guys play for the Ducks to play in the Buffalo Sabres. You want to kind of, and you can, you can search it online, but we want to touch base. You, if you want to walk through it just real quick. Yeah, this goes back to, I don't know if it was 95 or 96, 96 NCAA yeah. tournament where Mike Legg for the University of Michigan is the first one to do this. He's not the first one to actually do it. I mean, anybody who has enough wax on their stick can actually lay their stick down and do what they call a lacrosse play where you pick the puck up and get it right up on your stick. Yeah. Well, Mike Legg did this back in, yeah, I was a Frozen 19, Four. I was watching that live. And I didn't know what the heck happened. I had to watch a replay five times. Yeah, he's on the power play and he's behind the net. Nobody's pressuring him. So, all right, leave me here. That's fine. And any coach would say on the power play, that guy, it's not hurting you. Just let him stand behind the net with a puck. Well, Mike Legg decides to bloop, put a stick down on top of it, lift the puck up, and reach around the net and stuff it in the upper corner. So he, he's got it laying on a stick. Well, same thing happened. Now, so many people have tried this over yeah. the last know a couple of decades here now trying to figure out how they can do it um and, and this was an nhl player that decided to do it and he he sees the same play transpire yeah he's early in a period i'm sure puck's not wet his stick's not wet he doesn't have enough snow on it he's probably still got a decent amount of wax on his stick boop he can lift the puck up and he's ready to do a little cross move and i think that's what his intention was was oh, to sure. do it but he sees out of the corner of his eye a defender to his right who I'm sure people are like, yeah, well, if you're going to do that, I'm just going to smack your stick. So a guy from over here tries to smack his stick and he sees it coming. He pushes the puck off of his stick and passes it through the air over yeah. the top of over the, the net. crossbar and bink, Sonny Milano, Sonny Milano <laughs> knocks it out of the air. Pull that right. way. Yeah. Questionable on the high stick, but I'm glad they didn't call anything just because, you know, if it would have been called off, it wouldn't have been, I think it's, I've heard it's over 50 million views online yeah. already. So I'm glad it didn't just because it's, it, it's good for the sport to kind of get some people. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. Anytime somebody does something special like that in a game and it goes viral, it just makes the game just explode in, you know, questionable high stick or not. As long as the guy hits the puck after it lowers below the crossbar, if he's patient enough, the puck goes over the top of the crossbar. He waits, he waits, it's lowered in the crossbar. Pink. Now you can knock it in. Yeah. Well, you know, what would be the interesting thing is if, well, these guys, you start working on that as like a power play situation. You know, I mean, yep. you know, what if, what if in five years that's a that's kind of something you got to watch for? Watch for that pass that's going to come over. I mean, I don't think so, but you just never know. I don't know. There's involved. a lot of words back in the '90s, late '90s and early 2000s, where people were trying to do it all the time, and lots of goals were scored doing that. And people were saying, "Well, are they? They're going to make a rule. Like you can't pick the puck up and carry it like that, or they're going to blow the whistle." Nobody made a rule. We yeah, didn't. Right. They, they still kept it and left it there. Well, I remember it was devastating because that was the year 96 to go for, you know, uh, uh, Brian Bonin wins the Hobie Baker. They're, you know, the Gophers are supposed to go at least go to the national championship game and get eliminated in the frozen four against Michigan. And there are many people that have said that was the game that was Doug Boog's. 
that from that point on, it was fire Doug Luke. I mean, that was kind of the demise because that team and to lose, like, I mean, on that goal, like I said, it was so revolutionary at the time. I remember it happened. Like what just happened? Yeah. You know, and Steve DeBus was the goalie. Absolutely. And then, say, you know, watch, watch the replay, watch the replay. Oh my God. Is that where they started the goal start the bus? I think they might. They, they might have. Uh, yeah. They might have. Go, go start, start the, the bus. bus. Yeah. Go start yeah, the bus. They so, were, uh, but yeah, it was that, that would, could possibly have been the goal that, that kind of put the, first nail in the coffee for uh, coach Doug Woods career at the University of Minnesota. All right, just a couple of uh, scores to run through here for the week. We'll get into our previews. Uh, International Falls with a 5-3 loss to Williston. Proctor 2, Cloquet 4, that was last night. Ely 6, Moose Lake 0, like the Moose Lake suck around. Uh, they had the uh, Greenway on Thursday, Ely on Friday. Giddy up award to Cole Macho, four-point game for Ely. Nice. Northern Lakes, 8-0 to zero win over Becker Big Lake. Uh, the Rock Ridge Wolverines, this was their first program win, so I wanted to mention this, 6-0 uh, over Lake of the Woods when they were up on the border, along with Grand Rapids over the weekend. And time for some previews here. Why don't you go first, since I've been doing so much talking here. Uh, big weekend in the cities for your program. Yeah, so Grand Rapids heads down tomorrow. We leave. Hopefully weather doesn't uh, oh, yeah. hinder what's going to happen with uh, the Edina Classic. But this has been tradition in Grand Rapids for a number of years uh, where we go down and play some of the top teams in the state of Minnesota. We go down for a Thursday, Friday, Saturday weekend. It's our holiday classic that we go to uh, tomorrow night at, uh, I believe, 8 o'clock. Uh, the varsity will be playing Edina. Uh, then, then Friday night uh, we'll face off against Eden Prairie, and, and Saturday against Elk River. And uh, you do the math. You got number one in the state. We're seeing uh, tomorrow night. You got uh, Eden Prairie, which they may not be in the top five right now, but at some point in time during the year they will be. They always show up. Sure. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. they're going to show up in the top five at some point. So you know that that's going to be one heck of a game. And of course, Elk River. We've had battles with Elk River over the years. Uh, back and forth, even if people say, well, this is an Elk River's year. It doesn't matter if it's their year or not. It just, they, they always have good games in Grand Rapids. Every time we played them, it, it's been good games. So it's a big weekend for us because we're coming off of uh, a disappointing couple of losses last week. And I think, um, I think we can take lessons in uh, and learn from our experiences from last weekend. I think maybe some, some might say, well, maybe it was the right time to get a loss or two under your belt so that you can rejuvenate, you can get your teachable moments with your players and you can move on and start climbing and start making a playoff run early. And, you know, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I, I think at any rate, regardless if, if we win or we get swept last weekend, we're coming down to play Edina and we got a work cut out for us no matter what. Edina is number one in the state for a reason uh, because they've got a number of division one candidates and, and NHL draft picks on their team right now that'll be drafted this year. So bottom line is, is Grand Rapids is going to have to be at the top of their game. Uh, and we know what to expect from Edina They're They are going to be fast. They're going to be crafty at the, and they're well coached. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you said, uh, your term, uh, they don't uh, rebuild. They just reload. And that definitely is the, Edina Hornets are. The one I got my eye on is Hibbing at Duluth Marshall this weekend. So Hibbing, by the way, Hibbing's games over the weekend were canceled. Uh, they were supposed to get go down to Rochester and uh, Red Wing. And of course, with the storm that came through last week, they canceled those games. So they're out of action. So obviously they got kind of a little bit of a break here. And plus they're going to play a double A school. And the reason I got my eye on it, for those of you that were watching high school hockey up here for, you know, over the past uh, decade, decade and a half, there are I think it was like 02 until about 2012. Somebody comment here because some of you know, please, please put in the comments. 
Hibbing made it to the 7A section finals from like 02 until, I don't know, 2000, maybe 12, 13, somewhere there with Coach DeCenzo. And many of those 7A matchups were against uh, the Hilltoppers. So they, they kind of developed quite a rivalry over that time. Um, so I'm just interested to see, you know, Hibbing getting, getting, you know, getting their legs back and watching what, you know, kind of was a, a rivalry game. And I know Coach Jamnick, who's on the bench for Hibbing, he was in those years when, when there were some battles against uh, Duluth Marshall. So I don't think there's any level loss there. So I kind of got my eye on that. He'd been going up against a double A uh, school there on Saturday down in Duluth. All right. Anything else? No, it should, uh, should be good. I know that uh, in your notes there, we, uh, we promised that we'd start doing this since we've got some, uh, start getting some sponsorships from over the Brainerd Lakes area. Actually last week, uh, since we last spoke, um, Brainerd and Northern Lakes, um, played at Brainerd and oh. Northern Lakes came out with the win over Brainerd. First time that that program is, yep. First time that that program has beat uh, Brainerd in, in its years and, um, it's well needed. And they, they started actually a new rivalry, uh, bragging rights type of traveling trophy between the two of them. So interesting story. Oh. Obviously we know that, uh, that the uh, Northern Lakes head coach is my brother, Craig Larson. And, and one of my really good friends is the new head coach at Brainerd, Howie Borden. So they're obviously really good buddies. They live close by, Howie lives in Baxter. And um, and my brother lives in Niswa and they, they close and they see each other quite often, but they said, you know, this is going to be good for hockey in the area. Finally, these teams are playing each other again. Um, uh, it's double A versus single A. And, you know, quite honestly, if you're a double A coach, you're probably thinking, crap, we have more to lose. Oh, if we lose right. this game than right. the double A team does. They could go in. It's nothing hurts them if they lose, but if we lose, we look, we, we look terrible. Well, uh, Howie had a really good attitude about that. He said, I, you know, that doesn't matter to me. What matters is we grow hockey in the area and it's going to make it exciting to get a traveling trophy. So they called what's, they called it the battle for the paddle. So they got a paddle and it's painted one side of it's painted red and black. The other side of it's painted, uh, you know, blue and white. And uh, this year it, it goes to Northern Lakes. They got the W. Good. Oh, wow. So good for my brother and, and good for their program, but watch out. Cause I'm sure Brainerd was pretty ticked off. They lost that game and they're coming after you for it next year. They want to bring it back to, to <laughs> the battle of the paddle. I love it. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. We'll wrap up here then. So, uh, Goat Sports is where you find us on YouTube and on Facebook. So once you get on there, make sure you subscribe so you get the show each week. Uh, feel free to share. Uh, sharing is caring. We love all that. Uh, like I said, some of you kids have parents that would like to show. Make sure you get in front of them. It might not be the techiest. You might have to go on their phone and actually subscribe for them. Uh, you know, comment if you have anything. If you want to contact us privately, LLC at gmail.com. Uh, we still have some merch at Tea with Mr. McGill shirts. Again, Christmas is coming. Uh, just, you know, send that email or put something in the comments. We'll get back to you if you're looking for a shirt. Remember, there's a supply shortage. So if you haven't got out shopping yet, you're either going to need to, you know, get an ODR shirt over in Virginia, get a gift card over uh, at the rink, get some coffee, because I know all these people have what they're looking for. Because if you're going to go to the store, you might be there. there there's there are holes in shelves in places like Target and Walmart like I've never seen. So there definitely is a supply shortage and it doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime soon. So think of us if that is the case for you. Again, once again, thanks to all of our partners, Blue Line Brews, the Ring Sports Bar and Grill, Iron Ranger Apparel, uh, Outdoor Rink Apparel, uh, Minnesota Hockey Camps, Iron Range Goalie Academy. For Ray Larson, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the Tea with Miss McGill show. <laughs> 
a production of GOAT Sports Media, LLC.